0: Bring in our next guest, Dan Deming, the managing director, is joining us to take a look at the numbers here. Again, you can see PPI on a month over month basis at 0.5%. Year over year is what's standing out to me at 11%. And well, it looks like they got last month revised up to 11.5 from 11.2. Let's bring in Dan Deming and get his thoughts on the number. Dan, uh, while not necessarily uh, is going to spark any major fear that wasn't already present. Uh, Well, first and foremost, thanks for joining us and sharing part of your Thursday. Uh, Again, while not necessarily going to spark any fear that wasn't already present, it doesn't seem like this uh, number, this release here, is going to ease any of the concerns that investors have been expressing either.
1: Yeah, Ben, I don't know. The reaction's been pretty muted, a little bit of a positive reaction, but not much. Uh, And we're still certainly just uh, scraping just off the lows of the session here from the overnight uh, price action still down on the session. Uh, And as you pointed out, yeah, it looks like the revisions took the wind out of the headline Mm -hmm. numbers because it looks like we matched on the headline. Looks like the core came in two tenths under the expectations, but the revisions are probably having a significant impact on uh, the fact that, you know, we're not seeing a better reaction. And uh, so, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, Ben. You know, certainly the market's just been uh, very uh, reactive to uh, various themes uh, throughout the last couple of days with uh, all the inflation data coming out and certainly disappointment yesterday. And, uh, and just the, the continued uh, pressure in the markets as well, as we're seeing, you know, not only in the equity markets, but also various other uh, parts of the market. Just some, uh, uh, you know, outsized moves in reaction to just the reallocation of, of funds across various asset classes.
0: Uh, continued pressures, and I want to talk about those continued pressures in just a minute, because uh, one of those being jobless claims, which actually inched up a little bit as well. But, Dan, where does this put us in terms of, uh, you know, there's a lot of effort in terms of defining this peak inflation moment or occurrence. Uh, it just doesn't seem to have really happened yet. Still crude at $100 a barrel, 105 I mean, I could see the argument if we were seeing that come off a little bit. But, it means commodities continue to hold elevated levels. It seems like it's uh, one or the other, you know. Kind of the passing of the baton, as I've been saying,
1: it is right now, yeah, and it's not you know it's not it's I don't even know you know a lot of of market observers, I'm not even sure that you know what to wish for right now as far as you know what's the best case scenario to try to get some uh you know get reduce the volatility, I suppose, and then find some uh stability in the markets and 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 yeah you're right, ben, because you're certainly seeing the commodity markets holding up relatively well and um, yet the interesting dynamic today is and well yesterday but more so even today is the bond market uh you know we're finally i guess in some way shape or form seeing that reaction of that safe haven type of play we're seeing money certainly flowing in the treasuries here the last couple of days pushing and i i just took a quick look at the yield curve it, basically outside of the 20 year which trades at a premium anyway i mean you're looking at all the yields below three percent now like even the 30 years back below three percent so a big adjustment there, and that basically indicates that the market's now anticipating even a higher probability of some type of economic slowing here. Uh, and I think that that's playing into why we're seeing this reaction in the bond market. But uh, with commodities and some of the in- inflation data still holding up there pretty high, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, It still it doesn't appear that it's necessarily reached the peak yet.
0: Dan, uh, is this what we should be watching for now? We talked about how after the pandemic, we were looking very closely at the weekly numbers in terms of gauging when things were starting to turn around there. And ultimately, we saw a sharp turnaround, to say the least. Uh, we've got unemployment well below 4% right now. Uh, we've seen some pretty strong numbers, but the concern here also being as the Fed raises rates, the constraint that puts on employers ultimately, and how that could tighten some of the employment conditions here. And again, I don't want to make too much of this number. We're only up. Uh, you know, uh, slightly from last week, but above expectations at 203,000. I guess the question is not so much in terms of this specific number, but it, is this where the focus should lie here in terms of the impact on the economy or one of as far as the Fed raising rates and the, uh, 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 you know, the ripple effect in the job market?
1: Uh, well, I, yeah, Ben, I think for sure that you got to keep an eye on that number because, uh the fed has made it very clear that you know they feel that 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 mandate has been met mm-hmm. and so therefore they can be much more aggressive in fighting <laughs> inflation as long as the job market continues to show that it's very strong and and when the metrics that they're you know using it, it does show a very strong labor market and there is a you know significant amount of job opening still and unfilled positions and wages are going up and that's another big part of why we're seeing this pricing pressure i think uh... continuing to be, uh, you know, certainly a concern as far as the, the wage inflation that the market's experiencing. So, yeah, those those things are, you know, continue to um, be, a, be a little conundrum, actually, Ben, because, you know, we do see certainly the job market does look like it's very strong and there are a lot of openings and unfilled positions. But, you know, I, I guess the participation rate, even though the way they measure it, I, I, I mean, I think that that's still the outlier. I mean, it just seems like uh, given the current... In, situation that, um, you know, the economy, even though it feels like it's chugging along pretty well on that front, still seems like it's way below where it was pre-pandemic, even though we're being told that it's not.
0: Yeah, and and possibly a reflection of that, and maybe even a reflection of some of investors' concerns and unease about the indices selling off. you got a strong move up in the U.S. dollar recently. uh, We've seen the Chinese yuan, which has come off uh, um, recently more than 1%, a large move. We saw the Hong Kong Monetary Authority step in and uh, intervene to defend uh, their peg. I think it was the first time that we've seen that happen in three years, uh, talk to us about some of the strength we've seen in the U.S. dollar as of recent. Again, another new multi-year high this morning.
1: Yeah, exactly, Ben. Yeah, we're pushing through those, you know, tops from 2016 and 2020. Uh, now we're trading at levels, so you have to go back to the fall of 2002. So basically, near 20-year highs for the dollar. uh it, it's again, it's a, it appears that it's that flight to safety. It's uh, you know, some of the disruptions that we're seeing from a global perspective, certainly. You know, the, the, the situation in Ukraine is part of that, I believe. Also, the situation in China. Uh, and then uh, the, the flight to safety that the dollar has always shown to the ability to be that type of uh, positioning. And, you know, with the disruption in the, Bitcoin, or the crypto markets now, it, it just feels like, you know, that, that's just where the market participants feel that, you know, the valuations will hold up. Relative to some other exposure to various other currencies, or uh, exposure to, uh, you know, that's that part of the asset class. And w- looking at, you know, just the general trends, Ben, uh, you know, it is uh, astounding, honestly, uh, when you see this continuation of the dollar. And it's, it's another reason why I think you're seeing, like, gold, silver, some of these other areas that you would think would benefit from these trends underperform. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, I'll close with the fact that, as you mentioned, the Japanese yen now, at least for the short term has found a bid, it's trading at the highest level in three weeks.
0: Taking a quick look at the Japanese yen as it, uh, well, comes off those lows here. Again, we're actually looking at a weekly time frame. Let's just quickly zoom in on the five minutes so you can see that recent rally. Again, a strong move up from 7,600 to 7,800. Dan, I hope I don't back you into a corner here. I know you hate when I say that before I toss you a question. But, um, you know, we were all talking about throughout the pandemic how we should be looking to Europe for some of the numbers in terms of recovery and sort of the re- the, the uh, return to uh, type of, uh, uh, you know, economic uh, recovery, but Ultimately, I guess, should we be looking to Europe and the UK in terms of some of these concerns? We mentioned the Fed's impact and raising rates could have on jobs. But I look to them as one of the first to start to raise rates, if I remember correctly, one of the more aggressive throughout the process as well. But I'm looking at GDP numbers on a month-over-month basis. They declined down 0.1%. And we always talk about one number does not a trend make. But month-over-month ultimately adds up to a quarter. And while quarterly numbers, again, at 0.8%, were below expectations below prior, I guess, guess. Should we be concerned about this number and did it attract attention? Is it on your radar at all?
1: It did. And you're right. I mean, the Bank of England has been uh, more aggressive uh, throughout this process than many other central banks uh, from a global perspective. And yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that really i think set the tone in the when the fed announcement came out uh what two weeks ago i guess uh, and then uh, just after that was the bank of england announcement. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
0: What, a what kind was, of a confusing said, message from them
1: exactly yeah and what was said in there was the fact that they don't see inflation peaking till the end of 2022 and i think that was a big statement and i think that rippled through the markets as setting the potential tone for inflation from a global perspective so you know certainly they're dealing with a couple other issues that maybe the US isn't dealing with but ultimately it, you know that they extended their view of uh, that you know inflation is going to be around longer than what was anticipated and I think that now uh the US markets and certainly other parts of the globe are continuing to uh, identify that possibility as well and I think that's why you're seeing the reaction in the markets that we're seeing
0: Dan, uh, lastly, how about the reaction we're seeing uh, in terms of Bitcoin? A pretty good example of how investors uh, are a bit uneasy about circumstances right now and moving away from some of those riskier assets.
1: Yeah, yeah, there, there's uh, some significant fallout right now, Ben. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, you know, we've seen this before in mm-hmm. other areas of the market uh, as they continue to evolve into, you know, what would potentially be a viable type of uh, Store of value, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, these are some of the growth pains that you know a new technology like this has to go through. I mean, it's probably not too dissimilar to what we're seeing in in the tech world as a whole when we see these big uh, shakeouts, you know, periodically, when things get a little too frothy. And uh, you know, I think ultimately you'll find you know some of the the stronger. M- m- currencies or and or cryptocurrencies, you know, will probably come out of this stronger on the other side is what I'm trying to say. But going through it, it you know, it, it's dragging down everything. And some of the uh, perimeter type of plays mm-hmm. that the market was trying to gauge the interest in, I mean, some of those are certainly going to not survive. They're just, they, they're not going to.
0: You know, I look at price activity here at 28, 25, 000. If we could just take a look at this chart, you know, and I feel like, well, back in 2019, 2018, when it was trading uh, below 5,000, the bulls would have loved to have seen it at these levels. But as you come off of 69,000, not necessarily where you'd like to be, especially as you start to take out support. It kind of reminds me of, like, uh, the weather in Chicago. You know, when you're coming out of the 30s, the 50s feel great. But when you're coming from the 75 and 80-degree area, 50s feel awfully cold. So in this instance, I'm sure the longs are feeling a bit of a chill here this morning, uh, to that extent, below 30,000. Dan? Uh, As we look forward to uh, the end of the week, Mm -hmm. is it really just dust settling from some of this inflation numbers? I know uh, consumer sentiment number tomorrow, but it seems like kind of a uh, a quiet end of the week, much like we saw in terms of the start to the week. uh, The focus was on inflation, the CPI and the PPI numbers. Where do we go now that they're kind of in the rear view? Do we just digest this information and watch the dust settle here?
1: Yeah, Ben, you know, there's... I mean, there's other items out there and other themes that I think that will continue to uh, impact the market as well, even without the data points necessarily being, you know, the the, the focus, the, focus of the last couple of days has been those. But as we move through the session, there's other things to focus on. And, yeah, the general trends have just been, you know, very disheartening, I guess, if you're looking for any type of stabilization. And uh, the fact that we continue to probe to new lows here on most of the major averages, uh, you know, it, it, we still haven't determined... Any type of short-term bottom to this point, you know, and I know that there's a lot of bearish sentiment out there, and there's a lot of mixed signals as far as you know, are we near the bottom or not? Uh, so, the uncertainty is going to continue to persist. Uh, you know, we're seeing quite a swing in the Treasury markets here the last mm-hmm. couple of days. That's the one thing I'm watching very mm-hmm. closely now, Ben, because that that's for the first time we're seeing you know a significant shift here during this repricing of assets and. Uh, And even with the inflation data now, I mean, is it being interpreted that we did reach the peak here in Mm -hmm. the last couple of days, or is it because of just the safe haven play or that the, you know, the economy is going to slow significantly, the market's starting to price that in. So there's just a lot of moving parts. And that's the area that I'm really focused on, because you would think that if rates have come down like they have, that at some point the market would find some stabilization, either because that's a capitulation type of move or because you know now the, uh, the concerns about higher yields are coming at least out of the market temporarily, and that would te- theoretically be, I think, a-, a harbinger for some type of upside price action in the equity markets at some point.
0: Well, I'm going to vote uh, in terms of the safe haven play because, again, you've got the indices which continue lower. We haven't seen that relief rally as rates have come off, as you mentioned uh, earlier in the discussion, back below 3%. We've got some situations playing out here in terms of China. I'm sure you saw overnight that Sunak with the uh, developers there having an issue making missing payments. And uh, this 75 versus 50 point debate is still out there. Hong Kong, the monetary authority. I mean, there's a lot going on, to say the least here. Dan, appreciate you joining us here. Great break breakdown as we look at the uh, data this morning, the PPI, the jobless claims, market reaction to, and an overall discussion in terms of a very busy week for investors and traders. Dan Damming, the managing director at KCAM Financial.